Blog Talk Radio. tuned in to Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is debtfreewealthradio.com. If you're listening on your, your mobile phone, on the web, or through iTunes podcast, welcome. Please follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash debtfreewealthradio. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately leads to empowering those who desire debt-free wealth to delete debt, build wealth, and protect family assets through money education, resources, and opportunities. Let me be your guide to debt-free wealth. Today, the topic is parents co-signing debts, the pros and the cons, mostly cons. Young adults moving out into the world often do not have the credit required to lease their first apartment finance their first car, or get college loans. Loving parents often co-sign for kids without a second thought. And in this show, I'm going to discuss the pros and cons of this, as well as explore some healthy ways to help our kids become financially savvy and independent. Now, if anyone wants to call in today, the number is 323-417-6775. From time to time, I will be holding wallet-free webinars on how you can have debt-free wealth. I have a live webinar coming up on Tuesday, January 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I'll give you more information on that later. Now, 15 years ago, my grandmother, God rest her soul, had co-signed a furniture store debt for her ex-daughter-in-law. Now, that lady refused to pay the debt when things heated up between her and her former husband, and my grandmother was hounded by the debt collectors. At first, she was confounded by the calls because when she signed those papers, she really didn't read anything, and she didn't even understand what she was doing. She simply trusted this person and wanted to help and sign whatever was put in front of her. In the end, she negotiated a percentage of the debt and paid that back only because she knew her own credit was at stake. That, of course, strained the already tense relationship between herself, her ex-daughter-in-law, and her son. In fact, many, many, many family relationships, maybe even yours, are enduring great strain over what started out as a loving gesture. Here's a correspondence that came to me recently. Dear Debt-Free Wealth Money Coach, I co-signed some private student loans for one of my kids. She graduated two years ago with about 65000 in student debt, including federal and private loans. Like many other graduates, she has had a hard time finding a job in her area of study. She works two part-time gigs as a waitress and sometimes babysitting. She had to move back in with me, and according to what she says, she's only grossing about 10000 annually. I had also co-signed her apartment lease, which she moved out of after losing a $10 per hour full-time job, and I also co-signed her car note, which she just turned back in because they were getting ready to repossess it anyway. Things have gotten very tough around here, and because she's back living with me, we fight a lot too. 
To protect my credit, I've been helping her make the agreed reduced payments, and she got deferred income-based repayment plans. Because of this, I have not been able to contribute to my retirement fund at all and may even have to dip into it. Or worse, I'm worried about these debts she has. I'm worried that these debts she has can wipe me out if the creditors keep this up. I'm frustrated about this whole situation. She contacted a lawyer about bankruptcy who dissuaded her from that option because the biggest portion of her debt is a student loan and most of it won't go away with bankruptcy anyways. What can I do? That's a big one. Now, before I get into answering any of this, let me say this person, and I don't know who it is. It was just sent in, you know, communication here. But this person's situation is not unique. It's not unique. Many students are starting out, are starting or heading back to college right now, right now, right as I speak, right as I'm recording this. And parents and grandparents are out there signing their life and retirement away all in the good intention of helping their young people get a start in the world. Now, some are even not so young, and parents are still co-signing debts for, say, mortgages and car notes. Sometimes people co-sign for their boyfriend or girlfriend, and this kind of debt is also getting popular as a gesture of further investing in the relationship. Here's what I have to say to all of the above. Don't do it. Don't do it. No matter how good the intention is, don't do it. No matter how much they beg and promise, don't do it. No matter how much you believe in them, don't do it. And if you already have, before it becomes a problem, and it very likely will, begin right now to work on freeing yourself from that debt as soon as possible. Now, Debt-Free Wealth Radio and my life's mission is hinged on the core Bible verse of Romans 13, verse 8. And the King James Version reads it like this. Owe no man anything but love, for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. Romans 13, verse 8. Now, whether you're a Christian or not, or even if you just see the Bible as nothing more than a good library book, very few would question the wisdom of the words that I just read. So let me convert those, that Bible verse into today's vernacular. Now remember, it's Romans 13, verse 8, and it said, Owe no man anything but love. Uh, and this translates to, Owe no one at all. Owe no one at all. And if you do, make sure it is only love that you owe. Okay? Here are some other Bible verses that I want to throw in for support. Proverbs 22, verse 27. And the NIV version reads, if you lack the means to pay, your very bed will be snatched from under you. That was Proverbs twenty-two twenty-seven, And that translates to, you will be forced into foreclosure and your property will be repossessed. Even the very bed you sleep on you will lose if you can't pay your debts. Let me throw one more out there to you. Proverbs 6, 1 through 5. And the King James Version reads, My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. 
whether thou art come into the hand of thy friend, go humble thyself and make sure thy friend, give not sleep to thine eyes nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver, deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. All that Bible speak translates to, if you have already co-signed a debt or promised to pay on behalf of someone else, even if it's for a friend, do not rest until you find a way to clear yourself of the responsibility and save yourself from the debt collector who will hunt you down. So for those of you who claim Christianity and the infallibility of the Bible, I hope you read those warnings earlier on, those warnings that were handed down to us. Because if you're in your devotion time and reading through the, word, through the word of the Lord, you would have seen it, and it stands as a witness against you. So if you're among those crying now because of this oversight, remember, ignorance of the law is no excuse. You had your warnings. I hope you heeded them or that you will heed them. Now, I have two students in college today. My eldest had her college time interrupted with marriage and children. However, she's back there now continuing her degree. Beautiful girl that she was. She was even prom queen, very popular in high school. And although she was smart, she was not very consistent with her grades. She didn't earn any scholarships, so she's financing her way through school through the available federal grant, the Pell, private loans, and out-of-pocket expenses. I have co-signed nothing for her. None of our, her parents or grandparents have co-signed anything for her with regards to school. She will progress through that, that institution as she sees fit, but she knows not to use any of the loan money she does take for living expenses so that she will limit her debt exposure as much as she can. Now, as a family, we would rather chip in cash outright to help her pay for those books than co-sign anything. We know better. And with all my preaching on debt-free wealth, my entire family has joined me in this biblical position of knowing, of owing no one at all if possible and where debt is concerned to neither seek a co-signer nor to become one. It wasn't always that way, guys. I'll, I'll admit that. But the moment the Lord really brought that verse home to me. It has been that way ever since, and we have been working to clear ourselves of everything, our personal, our family. All we have left is the mortgage, and at the aggressive rate I'm working on that, that will be gone very quickly too. Now, my second child is in his third year at an Ivy League university. He was consistent in his grades during school and received a full-ride academic scholarship to Stanford University, as well as additional private scholarships that put money in his pocket. He recently was selected from a pool of applicants to be a resident assistant on his dorm. So in addition to not having any direct school expenses, he now earns enough money to buy him the trips and the entertainment to entertain the girls and so on. That is debt-free wealth living, guys. That is debt-free wealth living. If, I were, if it were not for the exposure to this biblical teaching when I did, I can guarantee that I, too, would have joined all the other parents out there signing my signature to get my kids off to a start in life. After all, fresh out of high school or even early on in their college years, a student's credit is zero or too low for lenders, and the lenders encourage those students to get their parents to sign. 
the lenders are very aware of the risk of non-payment from these young you know, young people. And so co-signers actually bear the responsibility for the debt because the students don't have the credit for that. So the loan and the amount that becomes available to that student was decided by those lenders solely, most of the time, on the credit worthiness of the co-signer because the student usually had no or not enough credit. So let's get back to the person who wrote in about student debt. I hope you remember the scenario about the 65K in student loan, the car note, the apartment lease, and the mom that co-signed on all of that. Now, remember, here on Debt Free Wealth Radio, we do not give financial advice. We're not telling you specifically what to do. We don't even really know who is listening to us at any given moment in time. And every circumstance and its response is unique. This is general money education, guys. Always, always, please see your financial advisor who has financial advisor who has direct access to your personal numbers and your personal situation and can speak specifically to your situation. Now, all of what this lady wrote, all of her challenges now with this debt that she has inherited could have been avoided with pre-planning. It's a pity that she had not pre-planned college funds from the time that her daughter was a child since she obviously didn't have a, have a problem or she didn't mind paying for it in the long run. So, you know, what could have led to a healthier situation is pre-planning, planning for this time. Okay, also students should and when possible work and save towards college. They can also keep their grades up to increase their chance of qualifying for scholarships and so forth. Also, if this mom had been listening to some of my former debt-free wealth radio shows, she could have probably, ahead of time, protected her assets in strategic trusts so that she would have less exposure to personal loss because when anybody looks her up, she really doesn't own very much at all. The trust owns it. She may be a beneficiary and a, or, a, or a trustee of the fund, but she personally would not own it, control it, but not own it. But that's a, that's a, that's a lesson for another day. Go back through the archives and listen to them, some of those shows. Uh, so I'm not. what we need to do here is assume that none of those pre-planning situations were in place because otherwise her, her message would not have come across letting us realize the hot water that they are in. So let's take that note at face value and address the situation as to where they are right now as generically as possible. This show is not specifically about preparing for that day because we can do another radio show on how to healthily prepare for that day. But, of course, guys, you're looking at years. Like if you have young children now, that show will come. Today's show is this lady's already in the situation. Where do we go from here? So. Federal and private loans for college typically cannot be shed in the bankruptcy court, and there is no statute of limitation on how long collectors can pursue this debt. Do you realize that even your Social Security benefits are no longer safe? In 2005, the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the government's ability to offset Social Security disability and retirement benefits when a borrower has defaulted on student loans. Not even just the borrower, the one who is responsible for the student loans. In fact, tax time is just around the corner, and some people 
will not get what their accountant says should be their tax return simply because the government has been known from time to time to reach in and take that money to apply to old unpaid student debt. So let's separate out federal and private loan options here for a bit. Income-based repayment plans can provide some relief with federal loans. The repayment option limits the required payment to 15% of the student's discretionary income, and the balance can be forgiven after 25 years, according to Mark Kantrowitz, publisher of the FinAid.org. That's a financial aid site. Now, every resource I mention will be a clickable link at my blog site, endmoneyproblemsnow.com, endmoneyproblemsnow.com, under the article of today's show. So if the student has no income, then their required payment would actually fall to zero. Unlike deferment and forbearance plans, which have three-year limits, the income-based repayment allows zero payments indefinitely. So that is something to investigate when signing up for federal loans. Now, private loans that you've co-signed have far fewer repayment options. Some have forbearance and deferment, deferment options, while others do not. You may be able to negotiate a lower payment temporarily, or maybe not, because private student loans rates and terms aren't regulated the same way federal loans are, and they're considered much riskier. So using them is kind of like paying for college with credit cards, except unlike the credit card, this debt cannot be discharged. I hate to tell you this, guys. Student loans do not go away in bankruptcy. It's too late to tell this lady that she shouldn't have co-signed those loans and, and, you know, or... She shouldn't have co-signed them if she wasn't prepared to take over the payment for this young lady. (coughs) Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Anytime you sign a loan, guys, see it as a gift because that's basically what it might end up being. If you cannot see that loan as a gift, don't sign it. The other option is to try to negotiate an affordable repayment plan with a private lender, and that's no easy task. And again, I will have clickable links for you, but there's more information at studentloanborrowerassistance.org. Again, I'll have all these links posted here at my blog site, endmoneyproblemsnow.com, under the title of today's show, which is Parents Co-Signing Debt, the Pros and Cons, mostly con. So look that up and then you'll have access to all these links that are obviously just words on in a radio here. Now in the rare case, you may be able to negotiate for a co-signer release. Listen up carefully. In rare cases, you may be able to negotiate for a co-signer release. And if you have a responsible student, this is the way to go. A co-signer release is the ability to remove the co-signer from a loan agreement at a future date. The reason why I say the co-signer releases are rare is because it has three heavy requirements that have to be in place for it to kick in. <coughs> Number one, the borrower must demonstrate solid repayment habits by making a specified number of full loan payments, full loan payments, 
and once they enter normal repayment mode after graduation. The other thing is before a co-signer will be released from a loan application, generally the primary borrower must have strong enough credit to be approved first. This means the primary borrower or the student would need to meet the credit requirements to, have, to be approved for this loan without a co-signer. And primary borrower credit must be in good shape and they must be earning a minimum income requirement. Last but not least, and this is very important, once the borrower meets those minimum requirements, they still need to submit the request to the loan provider before the review of all their documents are initiated. And the lenders do not remove cosigners at all until the request is submitted. All the credit and repayment requirements are met, so you have to follow up with this. Again, I will have a link to this on endmoneyproblemsnow.com in case you have one of those handful of responsible students that you think that you can work with them towards putting a a co-signer release document in place. Now, while student loans, car notes, and apartment leases top the charts for co-signing parents and grandparents, you know, even later into adulthood, later 20s, early 30s, grandparents and parents may still find themselves being asked to co-sign other debts as well. The biggest one that adult children ask for help on is mortgages. And, you know, parents and grandparents are more emotionally inclined and willing to sign shortly after they've already footed the bill for an expensive wedding or after the birth of their first grandchild. However, the slew of foreclosures in the economic earthquake, as I like to call it, of the mid-2006 to early 2011, has had many of those well-intentioned retirees sobbing deeply, deeply right now as their retirement looks very grim. So mortgage co-signing is also a bad deal. It's a bad deal. And if the homeowner defaults, the home buyer defaults on the loan for any reason, once again, guys, the lender can turn to the co-signer without investigating any other option of collection. They can just go straight to the co-signer. They won't bother to even check what's going on with the original buyer. They just come straight to the co-signer. So co-signers, don't do it. Can I say it again? Don't do it. Another place that parents and grandparents lose their life savings sometimes is on prison bail money because some of these wayward enough kids to get it, these kids that are wayward enough to get into trouble, they tend to stay in trouble. And while I can totally empathize with a parent wanting to spare their child the horror of jail, there is a reason why people are in the bail bonds business. Now, I know a few bail bondmen. They have given me the inside scoop on their wealth. They're very wealthy. They, they put up a small token because they have bonds. They put up a small amount of money to release someone from jail. And that person sometimes does not do what they need to do. And all of a sudden, the bail bondsman becomes the instant owner of your property, your car, your home, your boat, whatever you put up as collateral for that person's prison release. Whatever you do, do not Use your property to secure another person's loan. If someone borrows against your car and doesn't repay, the lender will repossess your vehicle. The fact that you're just a co-signer and not the original borrower will make no difference to the repo man. 
Another bankruptcy myth that I want to kill right now is that bankruptcy clears the cosigner. If the person who originated the debt declares bankruptcy, they are relieved of the debt, not you. Let me repeat that. If the person that you co-sign for declares bankruptcy, they are relieved of the debt, not you. A co-signer can and will be held liable, legally liable, for any debts not paid through the bankruptcy. And even if the personal loan is discharged in a Chapter 7, the original loan, hold, loan holder no longer has to repay the creditor, but the co-signer does. And now they bear the full 100% burden to do so. And again, I will have a link up for you on what happens to co-sign loans in a bankruptcy. So all the links I have here will be available as clickable links for you so you can do some more of your own personal due diligence. And I strongly encourage you to do so. Now, running out of time here, and I have a little bit more to tell you. Bankruptcy doesn't eliminate debt. It extinguishes personal liability for the debt. But co-signing for debt is nothing more than attaching, attaching a personal liability to a debt. A co-signer is effectively saying, I will pay if they don't. So now that I've established that co-signing should be avoided at all costs, if you have already done it, you need to work tirelessly to clear your name from that responsibility. There are some healthy ways that we can help our kids become financially savvy and independent, and I will probably do another show in a little bit more detail on that. But honestly, guys, the younger that you start them off, the better. And the best teaching strategy for young children is personal demonstration of a commitment to being debt-free. Having a transparent integrity before your children, you know they always know the real you, right? Letting them know that you are living within a budget, saying no to things if it means it's going to go over the budget, or asking them to wait till next month, for example, is the best way to develop these same habits in them. If you give them an allowance, and I know the whole topic of giving children an allowance can become a heated debate, so I won't go there. So let's just assume you do give your kids allowance. Whether it's, a tie, whether it's tied to chores or not, I'm not going there. Help your child to create a budget and a spending goal with their allowance. If they're already heading out to college or they're still young adults, pay attention to their work ethic. If they're irresponsible, you know, that, that kind of goes with youthfulness. So, you know, don't, don't expect them to operate at adult-level um, experience and adult-level responsibility. But in the same vein, don't, give them, don't go blindly into giving them credit cards and ignoring the irresponsible factor in the equation. Now, I recently got trapped into a debt for my daughter quite sneakily through and no fault of her own. When she was 17, and you need to listen up to this one, guys, because this can happen to you. When she was 17, she opened her first bank account, and she got a debit card for that account, but it ha did not have the Visa or MasterCard logo on it. I said a debit card, not the credit card. It's a debit card, but you know a lot of them have the Visa or MasterCard logo. So she realized that she couldn't swipe her card at her favorite department store or pay her cell phone bill online. So the bank told her that she could get the debit card with the Visa or MasterCard logo if I signed some paperwork at the bank. Now, since this was a checking account and it was her debit card, I did so without hesitation. But you know what? My daughter became the victim of identity theft, although we did catch it with, you know, when it was you know, not too bad of a damage. But the point is her bank account was linked to the damage, and it went into a trail of overdraft, and the bank is holding me hostage for that overdraft. Now, the creditors 
realize that at 22, she doesn't have the ability to pay, has not paid, so they're calling me. Well, I can tell you, as much as I know as this fact, this debt did not originate with her. The debt is also not mine, but it's now my responsibility. So I'm working with my daughter to step up to this unfortunate situation and clear the ding off of both of our credits. And this can happen to anyone. Now, because you know this negative report is it's noted on both your account and the co-signer's account. Really quickly, I helped my son get a credit card on his own when he headed off to college, and they, they gave him only $300 limit, and I did that for three reasons. I wanted to help him establish a credit history. I wanted to have a strategy to teach him how to develop healthy credit, and I wanted to observe how he would handle this responsibility. But guess what? I was totally prepared to pay this card off. Now, I'm running out of time. I really am going to do another show where I talk about how to help your young person develop healthy habits. So, guys, join me next week. Um, we're going to be doing the money trigger, how to make money online. And I just want to point out real quick, I do have that webinar coming up. If you think you're broke and you're tired of being broke, come check that out. Go on Debt Free Wealth Radio's Facebook page, facebook.com slash Debt Free Wealth Radio. I'll have a link to that upcoming webinar. It's free, and I hope you come check it out and join me next week. Trudy Verman here, Debt Free Wealth Radio. Thank you for joining me.